What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Stakes is High podcast, the real podcast, having real conversations with real people. And I am Jones. What up, TC? What's good? Ah, uh, man, we are here for our good brother, BJ, and Change the Subject podcast. Yes, sir. But before we get there, I want to let everyone know we drop every Wednesday morning in TC. Mm-hmm. Where can they find us? At Stakes is High Pod. That's on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of our episodes you can find on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And if you have any comments, questions, concerns, or interested in being a guest on the show, please shoot us an email at stakesishighpod at gmail.com. But back to BJ. Hey, man, I want to thank you, brother, for allowing us to come on, man, and highlight for your show change the subject podcast which i've had an honor to be on you need to get my brother tc on next please please do i'm ready yes sir but <laughs> but man hey man i want you to continue to do your thing man continue to shine in the lane that you've created and hey man let's do this man stakes is high podcast peace peace She ain't got no money in the bank. No. She be walking around acting all fake. No. She got the party looking at me. I hope that she can get saved by me. I'm looking at her like, I ain't trying to save that girl. I ain't trying to save that girl. I ain't trying to save that girl. She got a hand up, but I ain't trying to pay that girl. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 29 of Change the Subject. I'm BJ. You can follow me on Twitter at DergoBJ. That's D-E-R-G-O-B-J on Twitter. And if you would like to find me on Instagram, you can find me at The Subject Change on IG. Thank you guys again for tuning in to a brand new episode that we have for you today. And it's a goodie for two reasons. One, because it's a perfect balance of male and female dialogue. The the most, I guess, eloquent and most conducive and constructive way to have a battle of the sexes. And then two, this is a long time, like wish list guest that I have on this show today. Even though y'all done seen me talk to this person a few times, I've been trying to get Miss Nicole Banks on this show for so fucking long. <laughs> and she is finally here. This is one of the most busiest socialites you will ever meet ever in your life and i'm just super super geeked to have my homegirl on the show what's going on with you hey 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 <laughs> the long lost <laughs> miss nicole banks i guess <laughs> yeah, PJ, i don't like that you made it seem like i'm i'm too busy for you and shit i, I, don't, I don't like that <laughs> it's not so much that you too busy for me it's just you too busy period you know what i'm saying yeah and it's like i respect it but it's like i have I be having so much that I want to say in a conversation with you, but like social media doesn't give you the room. The comment section is only 240 characters and you say so much loaded shit. So it's like, (laughs) I be trying to like get you to like sit down for a good hour so we can really break stuff down in a, a more like politically correct way. And that's what I guess what my, my thought process is, but I'm super geeked to have you because um, we get to have another conversation. I believe for most of you guys that are listening, you may be aware of a 
a live conversation that she and I had a few weeks ago that um has gotten a lot of great feedback and so it was only right for me to bring her to the show to have a um, follow-up to that conversation but before we get into that for those people that don't know who Miss Nicole Banks is I would like for her to introduce herself tell us about let's keep it 100 this dope ass webcast that she has with i'm just jackie just kind of give them a overview of who you are what you do and what you're involved in yeah so thank you um so i am miss nicole banks thank you so much for having me on your amazing platform um i do consider myself um a content creator and i do that in a few different ways so i'm uh, was formerly a podcast host and now I um, host a webcast um, with me and my co-host, Judge Jackie. And basically the concept is that, you know, we're two 40 plus women um, and we're kind of navigating life um, in this phase. And so we kind of just give our thoughts and opinions and, you know, ratchetry sometimes on mm-hmm. anything, whether it be, you know, um, timeline topics or um tv shows that everybody's talking about or us trying to find you know what hip-hop we like being 40 something year olds you know just everything what it's like to be a grandmother what it's like to be dating again in the 40s um so i think it's a kind of a niche um type of um content um and so you can we try to go on every every two weeks um we're trying to figure out you know what's the best um time um, for us to be on. So we try to go on like every two weeks, around 7.30, sometimes 8, sometimes 9. Um, and you can catch us on Twitter, on Facebook, and we also have a YouTube channel. And it's called Let's Keep It 100. Again, like my, like I said with myself and my co-host, Just Jackie. Um, I'm also the founder of A Pod Connection, which may, what it looks like, it may be on hold this year. Um, yeah. But anyway, so we tr- I, you know, it was a concept that I had to get um, just groups of black podcasters together and kind of just celebrate um, and, um, you know, help each other out, teach each other things. Like I said, um, it may be on a break this year, but we come back next year um, bigger and better and we'll have the Pod Excellence Awards, um, which I'm pretty proud about. And I think that, um, you know, it, it'll be a good one. It'll be a good one whenever we do come back. But yeah, so that's kind of me in a, in a nutshell. That's kind of the adjustment that we all have to make in this particular time with this whole COVID-19 thing. I was just uh, getting ready to ask. That was my follow up question is like, how are you adjusting knowing that the pod connection is your baby Mm -hmm. and this uh, quarantine has kind of like shifted everything that we've had to look forward to with. I'm thinking about not only you, but others who have like ideas like smoke free weekend and all of those things have you know, shifted. So like, what has it been like as a, like a pretty much a small business owner, you know, to have to restructure everything going into 2021 versus how like driven and on fire you were at the top of 2020 to get things off? Yeah, it's definitely a bummer. Um, but I figure I'm going to work it to my advantage. Um, if I have, you know, longer to, plan everything out. That means I have more money I can invest. Um, that means I have different ideas I can bring, um, different people I can bring on. Um, so I'm seeing it kind of as a good thing. Maybe, you know, it, it just kind of wasn't meant to be um, for these different events this year, but that doesn't right, mean that, right. you know, in 2021, I mean, I think people are going to be even more fired up because we've been 
um, everybody has cabin fever. You know what I mean? So I can't yeah, imagine yeah, like what the yeah. what the events are going to be like when we finally do get out there and we are able to um, to do things. So I have some new ideas for the Pod Excellence Awards. So actually, it's going to work in my favor because um, I just have more time to plan it out and put more money behind it. Absolutely. So you know, everybody that's listening who is a creative. I want you to understand that a pod connection is just the name of the brand, but it's, it celebrates creatives as a whole. And uh, one of the things that I've experienced as a creative who has also attended a pod connection is that you'll be surprised at how useful a network of supporters can be for your creativity. You know, just to see these people in one space, you know, you get to meet fresh energy, a whole new different perspective begins to take shape when you're around other creatives just hearing them talk about their struggles and you'll be surprised at what it'll do for you once you align yourself in those spaces so that you can push your things forward because a lot of these people are looking to help other people you know what i'm saying so a pod connection is definitely something that if you are creative it's a great event to attend and um anytime you hear from me you'll definitely know about a pod connection because i support her fully in regards to that event um so i'll definitely keep you guys posted but we're here to talk about men and women and um to kind of break some things down because whether you notice or not you are like the spokesperson for women (laughs) in our culture (laughs) and you be (laughs) and you be talking some shit and i just wanna you know pick a few more you know things out of your brain but before we get to that we got to do q a and a right i got some questions for you that are going to kind of serve as my icebreaker it's going to loosen things up see what kind of answers you give when you caught off guard it's just a fun (laughs) little way to you know get things started and of course um there is an alternative if you just so happen to get to one question and you may not want to answer it or can't answer it you can opt for the alternative, which I think I'm going to ask you anyway, because it's super good. <laughs> and I want to hear what you say. So you okay. ready? I'm ready. Check All right. <laughs> <laughs> so question number one is, what is one thing you aren't ashamed of that people would be very surprised to know about you that you almost never speak on? Mm, I don't know why this, this just popped in my wait. Do you, wait, you said I'm, I am proud of it or I'm not proud of it? That you aren't ashamed of. Oh, I'm not ashamed of. Um, there are three men walking around right now with my name tattooed on them. Oh, shit. <laughs> three of them. I don't know why that just popped in my head, but it did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this one going to be good. All right. So question number two is, how much, if you could put a dollar amount on this, how much does a woman like Nicole cost? And what is the appraisal based upon? Mm. Um, wow. I think, um, yeah, that's a real good one. And I, it might sound cheesy, but I think, I think I'm priceless. And I don't mean it like in a dollar amount. Um, but I mean more like what you gain from just knowing me or just being in my presence or having me as a friend um or having me caring about you is priceless um because i go to bat for the people that i love and that i care about and i'm loyal you know to a fault to the death of me 
Um, and I feel like I bring just something different and unique to the people that are in my life and the people that I'm invested in. And I don't think you can, I don't think you find that um, often. So that's why I feel like it's priceless. All right. All right. That was a good answer. Okay. Number three is tell me five words that describes your self-esteem and taste in men simultaneously. Shit. <laughs> What? <laughs> Hell no. Oh my god. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. My self esteem and my taste in men? Yep. Those two things don't even. <laughs> That's why this question is the shit. Oh my god. A um, good question. That's a hell of a question. Okay. BJ, I, this not a, like a off the <laughs> off the cuff like question or answer. I gotta think about that. Oh man, can I come back to that? Or yeah, I have to do the alternative. Back. Well, you if you plan on answering it, you can definitely That's come back. That's a good ass it. question, but I need time. I can't think about it like right off the bat like that. All right, so we'll move on to the <laughs> next questions and see if you still have an answer. By the time you get through the yeah, I want to pin in that one. I want to come back to that. All right. Question number four is: Are you a lip gloss or lipstick type of woman? Oh, um, hmm. lipstick. Yeah, lipstick. All right. Number five is: How many hearts have you broken that you were willing to repair? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know that I know um, all the hearts that I've broken, but um, hmm. I know of two that I would be willing to, you know, admit that I was wrong in a situation and do whatever it takes to, you know, make it right. Oh, all right. All right. All right. All right. So question number six is what was the worst job you ever had? Oh my God, there was this job that I worked at when I um, lived in West Virginia briefly, and it was for like a, a bottling company. And um, so it was like uh, freezer conditions. And because oh, wow. we were like, you know, the, you know, the um, vending machines? Yeah. So it was yep. like we were working on vending machines. So because I was, <laughs> because I'm short, um, they used me to kind of get up in like the, the top of the vending machine um, to like clean out the frost and stuff like that. <laughs> that's what we did a variation of things but that was what we did majority of the time and then they were like refurbishing them so sometimes we would have to take off like scrape off the um stickers and stuff on it uh -huh. that was the worst job i've ever had wow wow it was horrible <laughs> so was that like a plant or like a warehouse or something yeah it was like a um uh, it was more like a, a well it was more like a plant because they were like different um sections of it and i would I would have to like some days I would be in the part where we, it was just like refurbishing. But some days I was like in the freezer section, like they were working, but, you know, something needed to be fixed or something like that. Or like I said, scraped off the, the frost in different areas or whatever. Right, so right. It was so terrible. This, so was this like a you had to wear like a hard hat and all that type of shit? No, not a hard hat, but definitely like um, gear. Okay. And um, it wasn't a, it was we def, we had like a hat on, but it wasn't like a hard it wasn't like a construction type of hat. Okay. Um, but definitely like the protective like um, goggles and it was some type of hat that we had on, but it wasn't like the construction hat. 
Right. I'm just trying to figure like what it would look like to see Nick looking like a fucking like carpenter or some shit. Like, let what? me tell you, they had me up in the in the freezer of that thing. Like, I was so pissed because like other people were doing like other things, but again, I think it was because I was so short and they could see that I could like get up in it that they chose me for that <laughs> <laughs> for that position. <laughs> That's crazy. Right. I wasn't there very long. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Okay, so the last question is, what's the one consistent thing that all the men you've dated will say about you? <laughs> um, I'm very passionate. You can take that a few different ways. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know what it means. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, shit. I think that's the one thing they would agree on. Okay, so you want to try to give the uh, number three another shot? No, I need more time than just that couple of minutes. I'm gonna come back to it though. All right, we'll hold it for the end of the show. I'm gonna <laughs> ask you. I'm gonna ask you the alternative. Okay, yeah. your heart is broken into three pie chart pieces. The fractions of the pie values are fifty percent, thirty-five percent, and fifteen percent. For each fraction of the pie, give me the attribute that represents that particular fraction. So, 50% of your heart consists of what? Um, what do you mean as far as the, the, the heartbreak? No, just your heart in general. Like, give me whatever you feel like that particular fraction of your heart oh, would okay. amount to. Yeah, so 50% of your heart consists of what? Mm, probably loyalty. Okay, 35% of your heart consists of what? Um, honesty. Okay, and the last 15 of your heart consists of what? Oh, uh, hmm, interesting. Um, uh, laughter? Okay, so you say loyalty, the honesty, and laughter. Yeah. All right, so there you have it. You did QA and A. We'll come back to number three at the end. Yeah, let's come back to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So today's conversation is a pretty good way to break down some more ideas of what this disconnect between men and women tends to be. And we never really ask these particular questions that I have for you today. And it's never really been a parallel to poverty um, when we think about black love. Um, I want to talk about the possibilities of love and poverty not being able to coexist in the same space. And even if it does, how does it? How can we um, accept not only women having a, what is the word? I want to say women having like shortcomings. How do we allow men to have the same shortcomings in the same space without the scrutiny or the belittling that tends to happen in our relationship spaces. So do you believe that women know how to love the right way? The right way. Uh, what is the right way? I think that would be the first question. Okay. So the right way is, uh, if we can just give some generic answers, I would say the right way would be equally and fairly. I can't give like a blatant yes, um, because I feel like women, I feel like a lot of time, um, we are self-centered. So I feel like 
you know, we, we're loving and we're giving love the way we feel like it, it should be done and not necessarily how that person may or may not receive it. Mm. So when you say self-centered, do you believe that to be the woman's fault or does the man play into that as well? I think I think something about our our DNA um makes us put like our needs and this is before we have children because I think once we have children that changes. Mm-hmm. Um but I I think something about like how we're made up kind of makes us put like our needs, our emotions, you know, our feelings, our wants and stuff um at the center of of everything of like our existence and how okay. we deal okay. with not just men but like family even or like you know like your parents you know just whatever i just feel like something about women is is different in that okay that makes sense because i always wonder like and this is just my mind state now that i've like somewhat matured and see that um, a lot of people really do struggle with the ideas of not even being close to perfect. Like there's a there's a barometer, even in perfection, that like even if we can't be perfect, there's still a certain level we would like to reach that's as close to it as possible. And that's a struggle for people in certain instances. And I think that the reason why perfection seems to be the reach or the goal for most people is because that's the way that most people view you when they're attracted to you. Yeah. You know, like you, you look at another person and it's like, damn, she is gorgeous. And you really want to experience what, what all she has to offer as far as just time, attention, and, you know, the relationship possibilities. But of course, um, we look at people sometimes for, what they bring when they approach us versus what they have to offer us in the end or whatever the result, the end is. So this is why I think we need to like talk about the ideas of love and poverty and how they affect each other. Right. Okay. So in this particular conversation, poverty is the focal point in question because people have a very poor perspective of how to see the potential or the point of what love can truly be. Now, what let's just say you are financially stable and you have what we would call your shit together. Right. Mm-hmm. And you meet a guy that may be attracted to you because of how well put together you are. And this is this may be the idea for him to get close to you because he just wants to know financially how can he set himself up. And that may be the. I guess the lead into his approach, not necessarily knowing that he's going to like you or that he's going to possibly want to be in your space or in your comfort. But he's just drawn to the idea that this this woman got her shit together mm-hmm. in your mind. Can you can you see befriending this person and potentially allowing whatever happens in that space take place and be comfortable? And speak for right now versus what better times or whatever, like your ideal of well put together is. Think about yourself right now. Yeah. Could you be comfortable in that space with a guy that's not financially well off being attracted to you because you are what he aspires to be? 
So is it going beyond him be, just being attracted to me? Like, is he trying to pursue me? Is he, are we just friends? Because all of those things, um, you know, matter. Okay. Okay. I would say so, because I think that like, how can I put this to make the transition make sense? Usually that's how it starts, to be honest. Like you, you know that this person is pretty, but you know that it's going to take certain things in order for her to allow you into her space. So Mm -hmm. the object is just to get in the door. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And maybe this is like, okay, a conversation started. Like I noticed that every time you come to the bank, it's like all of your paperwork and your stuff is together. When you get to the teller, he might see you at the bank on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And this may be his way in to say, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, how can I get to know you? Maybe we can go out for drinks or what have you. And we can talk finance. Now you never know. Like you not thinking like, okay, this nigga really like me because of the approach he's not mm-hmm. coming at you like the typical guy asking for your name your number what's your sign and all of that other shit right he's actually asking you for what he's going to need in the long run in order yeah. to have you you know what i'm saying yeah but I get that. but to the average woman it's like who is this broke nigga asking me questions <laughs> well, how do i know if he's broke <laughs> I don't know that he's broke yet, right? So I think, okay, so I think what you're asking is kind of like, even though I don't know this person's um, financial status or whatever, he's not necessarily coming to me like, hey, Ma, what's up? What's your name? Can I get your number? Right. Um, but he's coming to me off of, hey, I, you know, maybe not saying these exact words, but um, he respects, you know, whatever he's seen in me already. And physically, obviously, he thinks I'm attractive. So he's trying to find a way to um, have more than just this conversation with me right here right take it to whatever the next level is um yes for me you're just asking for me like like what nicole would do right 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 okay so for me yes because i think that um i am hmm, i'm most uh i'm most um moved by like conversation like if you are if you have if you're able to hold like a good conversation with me or in our first meeting, you're able to say something witty or something that maybe somebody has never said to me before. Or if you come at me with a different approach, that's going to intrigue me like right off the bat. Okay, so, okay. you know, maybe if you did come at me some other way, I may just roll my eyes and suck my teeth like I do 90% of the time. Um, so it is very possible that that would lead to, you know, another conversation or or something else. Okay. So... You get to the point where, okay, he wins in that regard as to sealing the deal to have the conversation beyond the bank, right? Mm-hmm. And now y'all at the dinner table and y'all having this conversation over coffee, tea, whatever it is. And the more that you begin to have the conversation and to discuss the financial literacies that you have, you're learning more as he continues to talk that he's broke. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Keep in mind, the man is being as honest and forthcoming as he possibly can. His approach was different than the average guy. And it's a real position for not only him, but other men that you stand the potential of interacting with in the world. Mm -hmm. But the point is, he's He's broke. broke. (laughs) And right now, 
Nicole needs like certain things. How do you in the best way possible explain to this guy that if you just so happen to decide that he's not it, how do you explain to a man in this space that despite where you are, this is not the reason that I'm not picking you? Um, I don't think there's any easy way to be honest about that. Um, there's no easy way to say, hey, you're not financially stable, so I'm not really interested in, you know, doing anything further with you. Um, that's just, I mean, there's no easy, there's no nice way to say that. Now, I may keep it real. So, you're on the date. Finally, the guy, you know, picks you up, gets you at a dinner table, and he's talking more about financial literacies and whatnot. And the more you hear him talking... It's like, this nigga broke. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, keep in mind, before you met this guy, the other guys that you probably, you know, dated were like better suitors. They had the money. They had the, you know, the respectable attributes that you you typically find and men you like. But, of course, those men don't end up panning out. But this guy has the approach, the new approach that you're looking for. He's honest, which he's honest out the gate. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like all of these things that you probably didn't see in the men that had they shit together in your eyes. This man has all he is is broke. (laughs) What is the approach? Like, how do you see him for not only who he is in front of you, but also the possible potential that this guy may just be the one. He just needs that help or he just needs that support from you in a sense like how do you as a person handle a situation like this i mean just thinking about it i think it would be hard to i think in in this instance or you know the options that you're giving me it would be hard for me to see that he is that he has that potential right um right for me to see that that means that i would like we've had to have multiple conversations and maybe so let's say that did happen. Let's say this isn't just the second date. Let's say maybe on the second date, you know, he was really, really funny. So he intrigued me that way. So right. I, so I have to be attracted to him. That's one. So I'm probably already attracted to him because I gave him my number or, you know, just whatever the case may be. And now it's the second date. So maybe he's really funny. Um, so he's, you know, intriguing me that way. Okay. So that's two things that he's got. He's, he's attractive. He's really, really funny. Um, but, you know, you're like, you're saying like he's broke. Okay. But but what does that mean that he's broke? Does that mean that he don't have no job at all? Or does that mean that he has a job and, um, you know, maybe it's, he just don't make as much money as, as I do. Um, also like he might just be like from what he's telling me just, or maybe what I've learned about him is that he's a really good person or maybe he's really romantic or maybe like, you know what I mean? Like maybe he set up this date and it's like the best date I ever had or, or something. Um, to kind of get my mind off the fact that, you know, he's broke. Right. Now, this is where it gets good, right? Because <laughs> yo, your Twitter bio name at one time was no romance without finance. No, it's still there. <laughs> <laughs> so how does... <laughs> Romance without finance is a damn nuisance, okay? (laughs) (laughs) 
So you said all of that, like you said, like, okay, this man knows how to make you laugh. He takes yeah. your mind off of the worldly activity, all of the dysfunction that goes on in the world. He has all of the rich capabilities of yeah. a human being. He just doesn't have what we tend to believe as the the sustainer or the yeah. stability that comes right. with the relationship. And this is what I'm trying. I mean, the way that this example is open in the conversation is perfect because there are a lot of people who are deserving of the opportunities to be loved and to love others, mm -hmm. but they just need those assistances in a sense, you know, because now despite the answers that you gave in regards to yourself as to how you will handle it, something tells me that you believe that despite the things that you may have gone through potential flaws that you may have seen and some of the things that have happened in your experiences, you still believe that you are deserving because you are a good catch. Yeah. So there's a few things that, you know, like you said, as we're talking are coming into my mind. So <clears throat> male or female, whether the, if, if a person is broke, that doesn't mean that they don't deserve to be loved. Right. It just don't have to be by me. So, so that's, that's number one. And, and the other thing is, if you're broke, why are you even dating? Like, your focus that's... should be getting out of being broke. And then the third thing I want to say is like, okay, so there's a difference between being broke and, you know, maybe you do have a job or a career or whatever, because maybe you just have like a, um, like a blue collar job. Blue collar workers, they don't really, they don't make a whole lot of money, but they make, but they have money, right? They're able to pay right, their bills, right, right. they're able to go on dates, they're able to do those type of things. So maybe you have a job where you're not making as much money as, as me, but you are still getting up and going to work every day. Or you're working on, um, like maybe you're a creator of some sort and, and like you're working on it. So maybe you don't have as much money as you would like to have, but you are doing something. That is, that's where I could see like me, you know, looking over. But like, if you just broke, like you ain't got no car, you ain't got no house, you ain't got no, like, there's no reason for me to, to be with you or give you a chance or not when I work my ass off every day to do something. So is it, so is it a fair assessment if a man is to treat a woman in that same regard, because a lot of things that we, a lot of things that we tend to be judged for are like double standards when yeah. it comes to how women are treated. Now, in one instance is like, well, if he has a kid, he's not dating material, but if she has two, it's like, Oh, it take a real man to deal with a woman with kids. It's like, what right. the fuck? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like, how does that balance? So double standards definitely do exist. And <laughs> the thing about it is sometimes they benefit women. Sometimes they benefit men. But that's just that's just the bottom line. They do exist. Right. Right. Um, but you can't have like you can't have it both ways. You can't. OK, so to answer your first question, um, it depends on the man. And yes, it's, in my opinion, it should still apply, because if I'm saying I don't want a man that is broke, don't have no ambition not getting up and, and doing whatever he can, I don't think a man would necessarily want that either. Even if he has the means, I'm sure that he wants a woman, maybe if she's not working, she's providing something else to him that he deems is valuable. Right, right. Whether that be taking care of a home, whether that be taking care of children, maybe she does something, you know, that maybe it's not on paper that we can see, but she obviously is providing this man something because he's keeping her around or he's at least agreed to this arrangement that they have. Right. That makes sense. 
But I want to think, I want to think in terms of the guy who, and this is like going further into the conversation of love and poverty. Like sometimes there's a point where a man has grown tired of living in the hood. And this is a mm-hmm. hypothetical term that we're going to use in, I guess, rating a relationship. Like sometimes you don't want to like date the chick no more that's around the corner because she's struggling just like you. Like sometimes mm-hmm. you, you see certain women and they look like luxury. They look like, you know, what you strive to have. And because yeah. you get tired of the ghettos that you would call your emotions, you know, and where you are in life, you want to move beyond the low points. And I think it's just like to extend your access mm-hmm. to bigger and better. Yeah. But it's like when, when women do it, she's like a goal setter. Like if she's in a position to where, no matter where she is, you could literally be picking her up from her mama house when y'all going on dates. But when she gets the guy that has the status, it's like she set a goal and she met it. But when a guy does that, it's like, oh, he's dating above his means. I don't understand the like, I don't understand the status difference yeah. because, again, we all want better than what we're used to. So it's right. like how like how as a man do I not only appreciate what I'm reaching for, but not degrade myself because I still deserve better than what I know. But I still want you to see me that way while I do not have the things that that you may feel like as a man I'm supposed to have in that space. So, like, what is it that we can do to make that work for ourselves? Yeah, um, I think I understand what you're saying. I don't think there's like one right answer because I think it, it's going to be different for each person and kind of like what the situation is, because we can't say that it doesn't happen because there's plenty of women, there's plenty of men riding around right now in what's their, their woman's car. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's plenty of women that like have already, that already know what it's like to like fill out resumes and shit like that and they helping a man that doesn't necessarily have it together do it so i mean it does happen it does happen whereas a woman has a little bit more than him or has more experience or whatever the case may be and is now um reaching down and and you know helping him or showing him or you know just whatever giving him that opportunity um i think that i think the double standard is still there in that women some women um, have an expectation of the man to always, you know, have more and give um, even when they don't, when they don't have anything. And Mm, the problem is when you're with a man that for one cannot do that or is not willing to do it, it's not easy for him to do that. Like he has to overextend himself to do that. Um, On the flip Mm. side of that, there are men that, you know, like I said on a previous conversation that we had, that are just able to do that and it's not an issue. And, you know, sometimes when you're used to that, it's a hell of a, a, you know, transition to go to, you know, up to now be with a man that doesn't have it or can't give it to you or, you know, it's just not free flowing like that. Like, that's a hell of a transition. Um, You shouldn't be relying on that. You shouldn't, it shouldn't be an expectation for each man. But I mean, it, it does happen. Oh, so basically, I mean, this might not be what you're saying, but this is what I'm personally hearing. When a woman gets to a point where she doesn't want to go back to humble beginnings, she becomes prideful in love. Is that 
Is that a reality? I don't think I don't I don't always think it has to do with love because love will make you love if you fall in love with somebody it makes you ignore a lot of things a lot and, and those things may not be to your benefit necessarily you know what I mean you could love somebody that has a drug problem that's that's not to your benefit yeah you love them you so in love okay, okay. and y'all have fun right. when they not high but you know what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> it's not always to your benefit you know to be with somebody that you know what I mean? I don't want to say like below you, but you know, just not on the same, like it's valuable to be with somebody that is on the same level with you or ahead of you. There's value in that. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think there's anything wrong in either a man or a woman um, striving for that. Okay. So I want to get into some perspectives that I've seen over the course of my years in early dating that, you know, now, well, I guess I can say I defended myself against it. So I'm going to just put it in a perspective and you tell me what you think. Mm-hmm. Okay. There is a line of defense that women use to defend themselves against the things that are typically coming against their love or relationship. And it's used as an indictment on men to be more responsible. A woman will ask you what we going to do. Yeah. Now, she will ask you what we going to do and then give a worst case scenario to put pressure on the man to figure it out. Now, realizing that the statement started with a we and not what he going to do. So you included yourself in the process, but expected him to figure it all out. Like, so, how does this work? How, so, OK, so this is to me, this is like one of them instances where the double standard come in, because a lot of the times I, you know, I, the men that I know or come across or have heard speak on situations, it's like they want to be seen and respected as the head of the household. Okay. Uh, the man at a house, you know, whatever that is. Um, so it's like, which one is it? Because if you're the head of the household, then it means you're the final decision maker. Or I'm relying on you to, um, you know, lead me in the right direction. Or if you do make the decisions, I'm laying back because I'm trusting that you have, you know, both are, um, you know, like both are benefits in mind. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, right. so. If you want it to be a we situation where you have my input all the time and we're both making decisions, then we live in a house where you are not considered to be the head of a household. We don't have those constructs in our house. Oh, wow. Because to me, you can't be both. Wow. Okay. That that was dope that you put it in that perspective. Okay. So, like, it, even in that event of you saying the head of household, let's just say he's wise enough to know to submit to you in the financial regard of your relationship or maybe you know maybe the idea of the head of household is not as like strict to tradition in a sense because there's points where like a guy could be you know maybe a couple of thousand under his wife but she has more disposable income than she actually has in savings or she Mm -hmm. actually has and like IRAs and stocks and bonds and whatnot. She just has more to throw away versus the guy who only makes so much, but he still makes those financial, you know, provisions and responsibilities. I still think that out of respect, we can still see each other in those regards to where like you point out my strong suit, I point out yours. I don't think that is, I don't think that is necessary for a man to be, the head of the household more than it is for him to be respected as a man. 
You know what I, I'm saying? Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you on that um, 100%. And, but, and I think that that conversation needs to be had, you know, especially when y'all start living together and stuff like that. Um, the conversation needs to be had because we both need to know what type of relationship this is. If we are both, if we both see each other as equal and we're both on equal footing and uh, even though, you know, you make more money than me or I make more money than you, we don't see it that way. We both, we see it as we're both bringing value, um, to this house, to this relationship, and maybe on the things that I am weak on, you're strong on and vice versa. It right, may not right. be you, um, making more money and that makes you, let's say we do say, okay, I, I want to follow the, the family model that the man is the head of the household. But let's say I make more money than you. That doesn't necessarily make me the head of the household just because I make more money, right? Because maybe I'm not good with, with money. I might have all the money. And, you know, right, I may be right. making all the money. But maybe, like, I have a gambling problem or something. Or maybe I just have a spend. You know what I mean? Like, maybe I just do some crazy shit with my money. Right, You know? Right. So my husband is the head of the household. And if that's what we decided in that he is more responsible with that money, he's going to put it where it needs to be. Um, you know, he's going to make sure that, you know, we invest in, you know, just doing whatever it is that needs to be done, um, with the money and what we both have agreed our, you know, plans and future is supposed to look like. And that's Um, the most conducive way to do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. In my opinion, I feel like that's what I'm saying about the double standards. I feel like people are still wanting, you know, that 1950s, 1960s family model. And it, it really cannot be that way anymore because, um, not only are women out in the workforce, but it's at the point right now, especially black women, where it's becoming we are more educated and, you know, we're making a lot more money than the men that we're in relationships with. Right. Right. And it's hard to it's hard to really even look back at those points, too, because I know for a fact that a lot of men couldn't afford their families back then. Mm-hmm. You know, and to know that you're still responsible and still have to you know, figure things out financially because, of course, this is a time when women weren't able to work. Right. I think that we have to be honest more about the pressures of being the breadwinner or the pressures of being the head of household. Like, don't just succumb to the idea that that's what you've always seen a man positioned in. Mm -hmm. Like, know when you can handle that and be honest with your woman and say, well, these are the things that I feel like I'm going to need you for because, of course, it feels good to be needed and to have a person be honest about the need versus you finding out in the event of detriment that you got to step in when you're not necessarily ready to even handle the responsibility. So I look at that different because for a long time, I used to always feel as though uh, most people would date people that they can afford versus who they are actually built to maintain and to be responsible for like you you see those guys who don't have to you know do anything for women always getting the women you want like you know it's the guys who look at you as as though you come with certain territory that Mm. they occupy you know and those are the women that come back to guys with humble beginnings with these with these much higher expectations of what love is supposed to do for them And it's like now we need to have as men on the more meager side of things, we need to have more realistic conversations because you're dating 
me with the expectation of picking up where the fuck boy left off. The fuck boy was much more established, much more rich, had more together. And I just want to be honest with you and level with you and have you to understand that we could be perfect together, but it's going to take some work, you know, and that's not ideal for today's dating scene. It's not. And can I ask you, I want to ask you a sidebar question from this conversation and just like other conversations that, that we've had. Um, Do you think it's possible for a man to, you know, have his shit together, even, even be, you know, rich, have money, be able to do the things that he wants to do in life, be attractive, um, be, and still be like a nice guy, be good to his woman, not be a cheater, not be any of those things. And the reason why I'm asking that is because I think people always describe it as, um, like some type of trade-off, like, okay, you know, yeah, I might be the guy that is working this nine to five and you just want a rich dude, but that rich dude ain't going to treat you right. Like, is it, you? do you guys not think that a person with money can also, like, treat a woman right? Yeah, I do think that it's possible, but it's not always in a man's favor in those instances. Like, I think that it's a, it's not for us to say that, you know, our esteem when we're matched or um, being compared to these men is what is like the most fragile i think the idea of it is is that knowing that women have more bargaining chips in regards to dating like we we give women we give women leverages that we'll never know how it feels to be in those positions and unfortunately for us a lot of the leverages that we give would require us to get our shit together you know, like you can't you can't say like, OK, like in the instance of a man who is dealing with a woman who was going through a divorce and she's used to a certain amount of money. A man can't say, oh, well, you know, you dating me and you should go work shit out with your husband if <laughs> this is what you expecting, because you have to understand that a lot came with a marriage. Like she's probably like defending not only herself, but children a lot. You know, she has, you know, probably had to split shit down the middle that made whatever her income, what it was slightly different. Like you can't just expect for her to go back to square one all the time. And I get that. I I truly get that. But I think I'm speaking to the people who haven't amassed any successes that are considered to be bargaining points or chips in a relationship you're just going through the dating phases mm-hmm. raising levels like raising these extreme levels and there's nothing that really shows you to even be deserving or even more deserving than me to negotiate how we can love each other better it's like a conversation that's missing from the way that a lot of our standards like the directions of our standards and how they go so i think I think that that is coming from a place of like um, entitlement, though, because why shouldn't people go for what they want and get what they want? It's like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. And I might settle for you, but maybe I didn't have to. Maybe exactly what I wanted was right around the corner. That's very true. That's very true. I think if I could speak for men in regards to that, it's much deeper than what women tend to think it is when we 
when we go to those places of like taking slight digs at y'all like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't yeah. think it's like just the surface of, oh, she looking for rich niggas with her broke ass. Like, it's not that. You know what I'm saying? It's not mm-hmm. like as like degrading as it seems. But what it what it's honestly saying is the very things that you say in conversation that you value is not being shown in the way that you date. And then when you get to the guys like me that are a lot more simpler than the men or the men that you're used to a lot more, they have a lot more strict responsibilities. They can't, they can't splurge like the average dude, but usually the guy that splurges, it looks as if he has his shit together, but doesn't have any defense. If in fact, those things leave the guy that's strict and can't be like the overspender is the person that's financially sound. There's no way to tell the difference. So like we're speaking on the fact that, okay, you can't see me because of what you're used to. I may be the person that can hold us down financially by setting a strict budget. That's, that's going to keep us afloat. I have certain properties. So I have to tell you no more than the average guy that doesn't even care about those things. He just has the disposable income. It's like a difference in conversation that we're having we're just trying to point out to you that there's things that you don't see in us but of course it's it sounds different yeah i mean i i get it i i I do understand what you're saying i think that there's a little bit of um not enviousness but i think you know the double standard comes in when you were saying as far as like women have have it better as far as the bargaining chips right because right right we don't but that but that's that's just one of the double standards that benefits us because we just don't have to. We don't have to, like, settle. You know what I mean? Like, we have more options than you guys. And we have, right, like, more right. opportunity. And, you know, when it comes to dating, it's like, yeah, we just have the better hand. But, I mean, that's just one thing. It's not like we have the better hand in that and, like, we just rule in the world and shit. That's, no. Okay, yeah, we might have the better hand when it comes to, to that, but... There's double standards that work in y'all favor too. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, the, the double standard that you guys can kind of just do whatever you want and the world chalks it up to, oh, boys will be boys. Or you cannot be out here and be a player in a hole for 20 years of your life and then women are still going to want to settle down with you when you're 40-something. That's a double standard that works in y'all favor. You're absolutely right. I, I totally agree with that. And I think that what needs to be said too is a lot of times when boys being boys, we ain't really fucking with nobody that we really want to be with for real. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it's not like a it's not like a, a playground of all of the places or the activities that we like to really play in. We're just accepted for who we are. Like that point of us trying to downplay men or people and statuses above us like Mm. these are the women that don't look at those niggas the way that we look at them because in in our minds as shallow as it is we feel like shit she'll never get that nigga so it's like you you don't feel no type of emotional or financial pressure fucking with her it's just y'all good with what y'all good at so it's like that's that's why we you know we kind of look at dating above our means as like a diss it's like damn like you don't really like think i'm (laughs) i'm worth better than this bitch i'm fucking with here like you know what i'm saying like this is how we think this is how we really thinking you know 
Y'all say we, you know, women are in competition with other women, but y'all are in competition with yourselves a lot too. Absolutely. Yeah. It's that's, still that's niggas. That's something that I've, I'm learning a it's lot. It's still niggas to this day that I look at like, damn, this nigga been fresh since we was teenagers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's niggas like that, but you know, but that gives me a a more humble approach to how hard I work to get to my personal level of you know success and swagger yeah. and you know sustainability like i'm not going to approach it in a jealous manner but i think that like poverty keeps us from connecting with people because one we can't be honest about where we are a lot of times now let's just say like like for you if we just use you as an example with you being like a small business owner because we see things like this you know imagine the possibilities and potential that you know take you beyond a nine to five and the pod mm -hmm. connection just blows up yeah you know, allows you to quit your nine to five and you working in your passion and creative space every day. But one wrong move costed you your livelihood. How do you feel a guy should perceive you in that moment when you go back to humble beginnings? Is he supposed to see you as like the hood booger he met or the girl that he grew up with around the corner? Or is he supposed to see you as the woman with potential who can do it all over again? You know what I'm saying? Like we yeah. have to look at that a little bit, you know, and figure out a way to be conducive to each other because I don't want to be looked at as like broke ass BJ right. when a nigga done, you know, climbed the mountain, you know, stayed up there for a minute, but just had one major slip up. But I just think that now it's becoming an issue with poverty and love being in the same space. And we don't know how to operate when the two are in the space that we're existing in. I don't, I don't know that people, I, I strongly believe that so, so poverty is different than, so poverty is like a whole different type of subject, right? Because you could be born into poverty. Um, you can have the mentality that you're never going to get out of this. So you kind of just stay in poverty, um, for your life. And then if you're also dealing with somebody that has that same mentality, kind of grew up in the same situation, um, they may not be looking, you know, to level up, as we say, or looking to date somebody outside of, um, a person that knows like and is comfortable living um, you know the life of whatever poverty brings I'm of the belief that if you like are broke and shit like you shouldn't be dating though that's and that's why I keep coming back to that because it's like when I'm broke like I've lost a job before and took a long time to like get a job back and was you know had to like work bullshit jobs you know what I'm saying just to make ends meet and just doing things I didn't want to do and times where I was going to sleep hungry like I've literally been broke before I didn't feel good about myself I didn't feel good about myself my situation every day I'm thinking about how can I get back to where I need to be I, I couldn't see myself at that time also trying to you know date and have somebody you know, inside of like whatever the situation is that I'm dealing with. And that's me as a woman. So I can't imagine as a man, you're not feeling good about yourself right now. You know, you, you don't have your, you're not where you need to be. So why are you even thinking about bringing somebody else in to this situation? Mm. I've always felt like it's a little bit, and maybe this is just me um, being a little bit over, like being an overthinker in a sense. I always felt like, being in like very low spaces and circumstances tend to make you want somebody there. Like is I don't think I think it's a little misguided when we we fall in love in this space. Yeah. 
but like a lot of times i just think that we just want somebody or to know that somebody is there in those tough times but yeah. a lot of us don't know how to you know manage the issues that we have because in this quarantine where we're supposed to be staying inside and being safe a lot of us don't know how to be healthy in yeah. a you know a tragic you know or a crisis of a sense so all you doing is eating and shit like you don't know right. how to respond to certain things when certain things happen it's just this is what you do to get by so in a sense i think that when we get to a point of being broke and being lonely it's like well which one is the easiest to deal with like mm -hmm. i can definitely go find some company quicker than i can find some money right you know what i'm saying so in those regards i think that like it does make sense to get your shit together and tough it out because you'll feel better about yourself and it'll raise your confidence level you know and your taste level to be honest because mm -hmm. we be fucking with some roaches when we broke so right and i said that and after i said it it's it did sound kind of cold um because everybody want everybody needs love right even if it's even if you don't look at it as a long-term lifetime thing everybody wants to feel like love and companionship and affection and, and all that stuff you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. but i think the problem for me comes in where it's like okay you're not working or you don't have a car or you know, whatever the case may be, and it's like, well, would you too good to date me right now? You know what I mean? Like, you, oh, so you can't look over the fact that, you know, da-da-da, you know what I mean? So now it's like, you're trying to make me feel bad for something that you feel bad about your damn self. You don't feel good that you have to ask me every day to use my car. You know what I mean? So why should I, like, you know, look over it or, like, it's not a, a major um, thing here? You know what I'm saying? So... I mean, I get like you want companionship during those times, cool, but I don't think you should be looking for no type of relationship during that time. So for perspective, in those instances where you're looking to not so much have a relationship, but to, you know, more over establish like company or support in that space mm -hmm. is the approach that a guy can. No, let me change the question. If, in fact, a guy is in that position where he his focus needs to be his finances, but he just so happens to stumble across a woman worth taking a chance on, mm -hmm. in your opinion, is he supposed to pass on the opportunity or settle for the friendship? Like, what is the safe space in that? Because I don't know as a man if I can see something that, like, captures my every... <laughs> you know, my every instinct and, you know, my senses yeah. and just let that pass me completely by just because I'm strapped. Like, I guess my hopes, I guess my <laughs> hopes would be. what y'all problem is. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that's why y'all end up wasting our goddamn time. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Not to cut you off. I'm sorry. Yeah, but I'm just I... thinking about myself. Okay, so let's right. say. Okay, right now. Okay, so you know, I was living in, um, I was living in um, Jersey, and okay. I ended up getting laid off. Right, so I'm right. here in Charlotte. With my, thank God, I'm here with my family, and I'm not homeless. Right. Um, so right now, I'm I'm not working because of this COVID thing. Because I was supposed to start in April, and I um, they kept pushing the date further and further. Right, because of the right, restrictions right, and all right. that. So thank God, um, the 
the, my, my start date will be on the 18th. So okay, from, okay. so I left, um, Jersey in January and now it's, um, now we're in May. So all this time I've been unemployed. So let's say I, let's say, you know, I went out now or like in February or whatever, March, and I go, you know, out to the club with some friends or something like that. And, and I meet this guy and, you know, we have a conversation and we talking and, you know, he's wanting to get to know me better and all that. Me, Nicole Banks, like, I'm probably not going to take it too far with this dude because I'm broke. I'm unemployed. Like, I don't got shit going on right now. I'm not going to feel good about myself. But that's just me. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think that everybody moves like that. And, um, ha- you know, I have like a pride level that I, <laughs> I don't think everybody has. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not, even though. As you guys know, I ain't paying for no dates, but that don't mean I don't have my own money in my pocket. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm just so prideful that like, I'm just not going to do that. I'm not going to be sitting here talking to you every day. And I'm like, I'm just sitting on my laurels every day, not doing shit. Right, no, I'd right. rather wait until I got my shit together so I can feel good about myself. So I'm not settle, settling for no okie doke and no nigga that's just going to do whatever and think he could treat me. However... I need I to be you. on my shit so that I'm at a, my confidence is at a hundred percent. So I'm not just settling or accepting no bullshit from anybody. But again, that's that's just me. You know what I'm saying? I get it. I totally get it. And I think that like, um, I mean, should we call? It, I mean, can we call it this? Mm-hmm. I I feel like in certain areas of humanity, there's this like hopeless romantic, per, mm-hmm. I guess, perspective. Because I think that, like, if you came, if a guy approaches you and this is what your circumstance is and, yeah. you know, he's he's attracted to you, you beautiful. All of this shit is working in his his favor in terms of him approaching you. And then all you have to say is, you know, right now I'm not working. You know, mm-hmm. of course, we know what the standards and the crisis, um, the crisis that is taking place. We know what the standards of living are. Yeah. right now but this guy sees past that and say well look i just want to take you out for a quick meal like that's no biggie it's not like okay you're unemployed and yeah. you collecting you know no kind of like so no stamps or no shit like that right. you like depending on the government you're right. saying that i'm in a bad spot and this right. is what men are saying like when we in bad spots you know we just want to know that somebody is still going to not just entertain us but understand that this is a everyday occurrence for human beings period a guy still may want to take you out why you don't have no money in your pocket because all he wants is just the company he wants to you know get to know you and then think about the benefit that you may get in allowing this man to take you out and when you finally get your job now if you finally get your job and then two three months later this nigga still paying for dates and you ain't figured out a way to say thank you in no way. <laughs> then we looking at you like, oh, you you out of here, like get right. the fuck on. Right. But you'll appreciate it that a man just saw you for you and wanted to still get to know you still felt like you were beautiful. Despite how you may have looked when he caught you, he might have caught you at the store. Quick mm-hmm. store run, yeah. you know, with the baseball cap on. He might have saw you in your purest form. And was still intrigued. So I think right. that like a lot of times because we have certain standards and we look at poverty in a certain light, it prevents us from seeing the bigger pictures of what our potentials really are. Now, true enough, you know, as a man, I don't want to be in a position to not have 
any money. Like even when I started dating, they're like I'm the most forgetful person in the world. And I went on the very first date with D and left my bank card in my mm. work shirt. Mm. The very first date. <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm getting the bill. I don't, you know, I don't really like like took her somewhere nice. We done yeah. ran up a tab. And I'm like <laughs> reaching in my my shirt and I'm like, damn, I don't have my fucking bank card. So I had to tell her at the table, like, look, I ain't got my card. And she yeah. was looking like, okay, nigga, like, what the <laughs> fuck? But it was just the idea of me having to keep it real. And so I'm right. like, well, look, I can go get the card and you can sit here. Right. Or, you know, what, like, what would you suggest I do? Like, I don't have no other way to, you know, do it. Right. So, um, luckily when, um, the situation happened, we ended up banking with the same bank. So I just sent her, you know, transferred the money to mm -hmm. her. Like yeah. it was no big deal. But right. imagine being in that spot first impression. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't really know how to be honest. And you like, you know, should we dash out of here? Like, what do we do? Like, right. you got to have the space to be honest. And we look back on them times now. And I'm still forgetting my car to this day. <laughs> to this day. You know, but I just think that we have to let like we have to let certain things in life happen in yeah. order for us to connect better. And that's what I want the listeners to gather from this conversation, because I totally agree with you not having to settle for anything that you don't want. I totally get it. But I think that in the era of our ways, we have to look at the things that are most common about the decisions that we've made for how we choose people. Mm hmm. And that is the most important lesson that I want people to gather from what we're talking about. Because true enough, your standard is your standard. Right. But how do you grade your success with your standard? Like if you realize that, okay, he always had the money, but he didn't make you laugh. He didn't make yeah. you feel like a lady. He never noticed when you got your hair and nails done, never paid for your hair and nails. Like all of the things that build up the the best woman that you can be for yourself and others like if he didn't contribute to any of those things how was his financial status worth it for you and should yeah, you so i'm sorry go ahead go ahead go ahead so i was gonna say um it's to me it's always a risk and it's all it's and the reason why risk is a risk is because it's the opportunity for you to fail and it's an opportunity for you to to win and when you take a risk on any person, you know what I'm saying, or any situation, those two things are still always true. So I could, you know, because you're a good person and all this stuff, I could look over certain things and I could totally win or, you know, I could totally lose. You know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. also the second point to that is it's not always about the money. Um, definitely not for me. And a lot of times the things that I'm saying is like, I'm breaking it down between dating and in a relationship because okay. in a relationship, I'm, t I'm totally different in a relationship. You have already proven yourself to me. And now, you know, it can, things can be more on a equal playing field because I don't, because my guards are not up. You know what I'm saying? I, I trust you. Um, I, you have proven to me or I have at least shown that, you know, you are worth whatever, you know what I'm saying? Okay. So, okay. so it's like it's two different things. Like, 
in, in the dating, to me, like, I don't think any person, not male, male or female, should be giving so much of themselves because, like, we're still both learning each other. We're still both gathering information and, and all that. You know what I mean? You shouldn't be overextending yourself for me in a dating situation either. But, like, once we're in a relationship, we're in a relationship. Like, there's nothing I wouldn't do for you. You know what I mean? I'd be paying for all this shit for you, know? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, okay. it's, it's totally, okay. it's just totally different. But I think people have expectation of of people way too early in situations just because you look good and i like you and all that doesn't mean that you deserve everything from me you know what i'm saying no true 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 i want to um i got one more thing to uh discuss with you because it kind of ties into a lot of what you just said and then we'll um we'll pretty much wrap up this conversation if you guys just so happen to hear or have heard anything that uh, me and Nicole have even, you know, made points about and you disagree, you agree, whatever your thought process is, feel free to reach out to reach out to us and tell us a lot of your thoughts. But there's another um, concept, the last concept that I wanted to talk about, and it's, it has a lot to do with women and men, too. Um, I want to talk about a concept that we have all seen in our favorite stores and shopping centers. And there is a time where. Our favorite places to spend and shop decide that they need to upgrade and they'll call it open during construction. Right. Mm -hmm. And usually you will see the process of what they are trying to accomplish while they're still doing regular business. And we do the same things as men and women stay available despite the obvious upgrades that are needed to be met in your mind as a woman. What are some apparent benefits given to a person who is still shopping, knowing that the store needs renovation? Like, what would be the idea of to you that a person will stay available while still being upgraded? What do you mean? Do you mean that that like in the um, example that I gave about um, maybe like you're not working at the time and you're still dating? Right. Um, for me, well. I, I think it depends on, um, I think it depends on like, okay, so you're using a store as an analogy, but what, so what is the, um, history of that brand? You know, is that a, a brand that everybody knows and can trust? And, you know, before this renovation, I knew that, you know, it was a good thing. It was solid. Um, if that's the case, then, then yeah, you know, and maybe I won't have my expectations so high because I, uh, you've already shown me something that I can trust. So I can, mm. um, my, my expectations and my standards maybe can be shifted a little bit right now or relaxed a little bit because I know, you know, your history. Right. Right. And that's a major point that I wanted to make because I feel like men need to know that despite what, even some of the things that you've said, as far as like, what would be the reason why a guy shouldn't date when he's broke or whatever the case is, I still think that there's a chance for good men to, you know, receive some of the things that they want, even if it comes before you get to a point where your upgrades have been met or accomplished. Because, again, a woman will relax a lot of her standards if she runs into a guy that owns his shit. Mm -hmm. Like that's more that's more than she can say about a lot of the guys that she's fucked with in her past. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like in those moments of you feeling inferior, a lot of times what you need to work on is your confidence, because believe it or not, like 
she just may date you a little longer to see what, you know, tra- your trajectory is going to be in getting to the renovations that you right. want to make for yourself. Like she's not going to put as much pressure on you to be boyfriend because she's just going to see how you function and move while you getting your shit together. But of course you have to own that the renovations need to be made. So that was the whole point of the open during construction, because a lot of the women that we date that we, you know, we see having certain red flags like um, dating women in like in having those moments where she's either dealing with the ex and they got a kid together. Mm-hmm. The nigga might be the problem. The woman might be perfect, mm-hmm. but the nigga is the problem. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and having that person to, you know, communicate those issues with and having the person that, you know, knows how to like be instrumental in peace. And if you are the person that feels like, well, I don't have time, you know, I'm not that turn up, that drama person. Yeah. Those are the perfect moments for you to fit that scenario. And to help her figure out that situation. Not true enough. You don't know what the guy's about or what he brings to the table. But again, you never know. You might be instrumental in helping that person see a different way of approach to that issue. It's certain purposes that we have to serve for each other outside of how we can benefit each other. You know what I'm saying? So open during construction for most people looks like oh, well, I'm not going to fuck with you until you get your shit together. But there is some points where seeing the process makes you more attracted to a person. You know, seeing the coming of age or coming into their own, it makes you a little bit more attractive. It's like, damn, she really did that shit. Yeah. You know what I, I'm I think saying? that's hard, though. I think that's hard when you kind of just meeting somebody because like, you know, in your analogy, like if I go to the mall and this is a place that I never shopped before and they have all these tarps up and, you know, signs and this and this and this, like, I mean, I'm probably am going to turn around and just go to something else or go to right, what I know. Right. You know what I mean? So it's it's kind of a little bit harder. You're, you're asking a lot in somebody that doesn't know you, doesn't know your track record, doesn't know that, yeah, if they bet on you, they're going to win. Like, you, we, we just don't know that. You know what I'm saying? And you're asking a lot of a person that doesn't know you to bet on you. Mm, mm. I ain't even look at it like that. That is a good point. So, listener, what do you think about that? Like, if you were to imagine going into a store that's under construction and is, is dusty as hell. And it has a lot of things that you can obviously see that needs to be fixed. But the the one thing about this store in comparison to other stores is they always got your size. Mm. Like imagine like your favorite stores that you want to shop at don't go up to your size level. But the store that's being worked on always has your fit, your perfect fit. Like what do you do in that? Do you like keep? striving to fit in certain spaces that you don't naturally fit in because they don't carry the the pluses or the minus sizes that you may be in or do you give this other store that just may need a little work a try what do you think about that <laughs> if you a woman you continue shopping yo this is a mall you can get what you want to get you gonna find it in some store <laughs> You say they you say they gonna get it by any means. Huh? <laughs> gonna get that shit regardless. Um, I mean I'm saying that and I'm joking, but you know, another level to that would be like, okay, so they do have the tarpa, but maybe you can kinda see what's on the other side and it's exactly what you've been looking for. 
Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, so right. that that's that's a real possibility too. But like I said, it's it's always everybody is like betting and everybody is taking risk and it's like sometimes you win, sometimes you don't. And like you asking me to like just trust that I'm a win. And it doesn't always happen that way. Because sometimes people take that chance and they give the person a chance that maybe they normally would have and they get fucked over. Like that happens too. You mm. know what I mean? So it's it's yeah. just a ten, a chance you take, but like people say, I mean, love is a gamble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You absolutely right. I understand that. Um, you know, a lot of us are in those positions of like not really being the risk takers, but um, it's a lot of us that are just like scared to take a chance, whether it was a risk or not. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And don't be that person. Like you know, give. Even if you're not doing anything of any importance and you just feel like you have time to waste, like you can spend that time not necessarily purposing yourself for people, but also getting to know them like just you know, working on your socialism, working on the the idea of finding ways to be interested in people when you can't necessarily benefit from what you normally, you know, associate yourself with people for like if you don't have you know, a commonality, figuring out a ways to find something in common that y'all can either socialize or agree upon because that's what ends up happening for us in dating. Once we can't have what we want or what we're used to, we don't know how to function in dating no more. You know what I'm saying? So I think that having those conversations that are different than what we actually expect to have is still very much healthy. And then we'll be able to find ways to navigate through those impoverished times when it looks like it's nothing out there or it looks like it's nothing worth getting to know. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I think we can, um, I think we can, you know, healthy, have healthier conversations about finances. If we're like first honest, you know, yeah, for sure. Honest with ourselves and, you know, having a, having a fallback plan a lot of times for a lot of the things that you want, in your life and your relationships can definitely help too, because you never know, you know what I'm saying? Like you might just be on the downside one point in your life and somebody right. still has to hold you down and love you. So that's the biggest point of the conversation is not letting hard times defeat our, our prime purposes of loving one another and being in healthy relationships. You know what I'm saying? Amen. Amen. So I appreciate you for pulling up and having this dope ass <laughs> conversation. This was really good. It was as as usual. Um, made me think about some different things, um, some different things in myself too. So we back to question number three. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Considering all that you just said, yes. Tell me five words that describe mm-hmm. your self esteem and taste in men simultaneously. Um. Uh, wow. Um, okay. <laughs> Magnanimous um, would be number one. Um, sexy. Okay. Uh, my self-esteem. Um, confident. Okay. Uh, I don't, how, what's a word for like, don't take shit? I don't, I don't know what the word for that is, but like, I really just don't accept a lot of bullshit. Um, oh. I don't know what like one word for that would be, but that's what I'm trying to say. But don't um, take shit is a word. Yeah. 
Uh, um, dang, I don't know if I can give you five. Um, mm. Driven, maybe. Okay, yeah. All right, yeah. so there your five. That wasn't yeah. that hard. <laughs> that wasn't that hard. Yeah. Nah, just needed time to think. Yeah, so there you have it. She answered number three. Um, I appreciate Miss Nicole Banks of Let's Keep It 100 for coming through for this conversation that we're going to title Love and Poverty Don't Mix. Right? Mm-hmm. And we're going to first. <laughs> what I say? No romance without finance. <laughs> right. If you're looking for her on Twitter, that's exactly what that shit say. So, um, Again, love and poverty don't mix, but a lot of times it might not be the financial circumstance that you're in. It mm-hmm. may be the mental circumstance that you're in because you see money and you see relationships the wrong way. So that concludes today's episode. Um, give them your social media again so they can get in contact with you and your show and all of the things that you would have for them to know about Miss Nicole Banks. Sure. I'm most um, active on Twitter. So if you just want to follow me on Twitter, it's Miss Nicole Banks. And you can find all the links to everything that I'm associated with uh, in my bio. All right. And if you would like to follow me, you can follow me at Dergo BJ. That's D-E-R-G-O-B-J on Twitter. The subject change on Instagram. I have an email address, which is changed subject. C-H-A-N-G-E-D subject at gmail.com. And I also have a hotline number that you can send all comments, questions, and show suggestions to. It is 313-652-0220. Thank you guys and girls so much for listening to episode 29, which is Love and Poverty Don't Mix. And I will see you guys again in two more weeks. She ain't got no money in the bank. She be walking around acting all thanks.